and welcome to Pyres and Twirling Unwired, a daily discussion about business, technology, and current events around the world. Featuring Tim Pyres, a career software, privacy, and mobile communication pro, and Ben Sperling, a leading professional in digital health and healthcare technology. This program is casual and non-rehearsed, and may feature occasional guests or recorded interviews. Let's join Jim and Ben now. Hello and welcome to Unwired, episode 21 for Saturday, May 16th, 2020. You've entered day 66 of the lockdown. I'm Jim Pyers from FEMA Region 9, from a nondescript location, theoretically well-hidden bunker in the Hidden Jewel compound in Escondido, California. Ben is MIA these days. I'm guessing he is quarantined by the fascist regime in Point Loma, but who knows? I'm sending smoke and ham radio signals, and I'll let you know if I, uh, I find him. Also, it's kind of tough to follow up a show like we had the last uh, week with Jay Dobbins. Really an incredibly interesting discussion. It was a lot of fun, learned a lot, and just an amazing story. Um, thanks for everybody's feedback. We got we had a great crew of listeners and producers who commented and uh, you know thought it was a great show. So thanks to Jay and uh, Ben. Did a good job. We look forward to doing more like that. Um, today's show is going to be a little different. As I consume a great deal of podcasts and alternative media, I want to share some of my favorites. So today's show uh, title is Podcast About Podcasts. And I'm going to share some of my favorite shows and give you some sound bites and highlights and recommendations. Uh, so you can try some of these other podcasts out. Um, great sources of information, different points of views, and uh, some very entertaining and some, you know, very serious. But it, it's something I w I've been wanting to do for a while, so I thought I'd take this chance. Um, I also want to give a shout out to our music and musicians who we play on every show, and that's 77 Bombay Street. They're a band from Switzerland. Uh, most of you producers had never heard of them until you started listening to the Unwired podcast. But they're, they're a great band. I really, I'm glad that we could turn a lot of you on to them. Uh, they, they did allow us to use 47 Millionaires. Uh, we did get a takedown from YouTube last time for this song, but only in two countries. So the rest of the world, it was okay. So when we did Jay's show, we actually posted the video as well. And um, yeah, that was interesting. I did complain and I said I had permission, but they they didn't care. <laughs> so unless you're, I think it was Austria and one other, you know, Sweden, I think. Uh, you you can listen to to the podcast on YouTube or any other mechanism without any problems. I'm going to write a letter, um, see a second letter, see if that doesn't help. Anyway, 47 Millionaires is the song. I highly recommend you try some of the, the band's other material. They have a, the, the album that uh, 47 Millionaires is on is Up in the Sky. So definitely check that one out. It's a lot of fun. 
Um, but one of the main reasons for the long delay between shows is we spent a week with family and friends in Sedona, Arizona. Beautiful spot. Highly re recommend you visit there sometime. Uh, the best way to describe it is like uh, Avatar without the floating mountains. <laughs> if an Ikron had flown down from the sky in a few of those places, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Anyway, <laughs> let's get going on the show. Um, the podcast podcast. So I've got a few highlights I'm going to be playing today. Um, I listen to these on a regular basis, but you might want to just check them out. Um, you know, you can always go to the latest show, but I've picked a few shows that I think you should listen to that are really um, special. And um, so the first show I'm going to talk about is No Agenda. This show I never miss. It's on every Sunday and Thursday. This is John and Adam. Uh, John Dvorak, Adam Curry, basically deconstructing the news in an entertaining and educational way. So uh, it's easy to jump into the show. They have a lot of inside baseball stuff, jingles and things that takes a little bit of time to get used to. I'm going to play a little bit of that today. But it's uh, once once you get past all that, I mean, it's really just amazing information. John and Adam bring a special special points of view to the party, and it's worth a listen. One thing it does is saves your sanity because they make fun and mock a lot of the the stupidity that's going on today. So, <laughs> if you appreciate a little bit of um, a healthy amygdala, I highly recommend the No Agenda Show. In the show notes, I'm going to have links to all these podcasts and links to their websites so you can learn more about them if you're interested. Second one I listen to quite often is Joe Rogan. You guys are probably familiar with Joe. He has a big following. I, I don't listen to all of his shows. Um, he is a prolific uh, creator of content. I mean, the guy is, I don't know how many uh, shows he does a week and his podcast is three hours long usually it can be a little longer a little shorter but generally it's around three hours so and he does multiple shows in a week and he has amazing guests and a lot of his shows the value of Joe's shows depend on who he's on uh, he's an he's an insanely good interviewer he's very empathetic he gets people to talk and open up and so he has, and he has amazing guests. Um, but Joe can get stoned, and uh, some of his shows are just entertainment, you know, value only. Uh, he's a comedian by trade, so he's very funny. And um, but he's very introspective, and he asks great questions, and he'll he'll let the um, he'll let his guests talk, and so it's. It's really exciting. You can learn a lot from that show. Um, and so I'll play a couple of things today from Joe Rogan, plus his links. If you haven't heard of him, you're definitely missing something. The other guy that I'm going to bring up today is probably going to be new to you. His name is Dave Rubin. Dave is interesting. He was a very liberal guy um, who's kind of transitioned to middle of the road. And he's got his own podcast. He also has quite a large following now. And he hitched his wagon to Jordan Peterson, who I'm a big fan of. And you're going you're gonna to hear about Jordan today. I'm going to bring him up as well. 
He's been very ill, probably for almost a year now. So he's been kind of out of the picture as far as creating new content. But Dave Rubin um, also has, like Joe, has very interesting guests. I would say Dave is more political than Joe. And so Dave will have a lot of uh, politics and political, politically oriented folks. But he does, he's also a comedian. He also does um, entertainment type shows and he'll have fun people on. And um, he, he was the, he opened up uh, as, as a kind of an icebreaker for Jordan on their tour they did for almost, you know, a year around the, the globe. It was more or less Jordan's book tour. So it's definitely worth, Dave's very smart, very entertaining. He has very interesting guests, and you will enjoy Dave Rubin. I have a little clip of Dave and Jordan uh, when they were back in 2017, kind of when, when this stuff was all starting. And uh, I've been following them for quite a while, so very interesting. So those are the guys we're going to go through today. I'm going to play some clips and let you enjoy, let you hear and see if anything tickles your fancy and you want to go try it out. Um, what I'm going to start with, though, is our typical A block. So I'm going to compete against myself today. I'm going to play a couple of jingles, and those jingles are going to uh, compete for Clip of the Day. So the first one that I have to play is from the No Agenda show. And they use the word slaves quite uh, judiciously in their, in their show, and they have a bunch of clips. And I thought it was really interesting. Here, this goes back quite a while, but they explain what it means when, they, when they're talking about slaves and we're all slaves, and they, they explain it. So just listen, enjoy. It's not very long, but uh, it's, it's an interesting clip. And it also will bring you into the world of their jingles. And uh, so enjoy, Adam and John. Let's. Uh, we are all slaves of Gitmo Nation. You know, these kids, if they're in school, they know that when they get out, there's probably not going to be a job for the stupid degree they got in some social sciences. And they're going to have debt, and they're going to have a student loan to pay off, which is pretty much the definition of slavery. We have slavery in America right now in our jails, where it doesn't matter what your crime, you are, you know, you're working for 20 cents an hour or a day, I don't know what it is. And we are slaves, and I think somehow we know it. And these, these children who have way too much privilege, who have, you know, have completely lost their way, have been, you know, coddled to death by the uni the same universities that are raping them for their money. They're so frustrated. They feel like they are slaves. There's no. I have no other thesis. I think you're right about that. I think there's a there is a sense, which is one of the reasons our show works because we kind of emphasize the the slavery aspect of it. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. Which is one of the reasons our show works because we kind of emphasize the 
the slavery aspect of it, of, uh, of just societies. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. This is No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Devorah.org slash N-A. Well, that was the No Agenda clip. That gave you kind of a, a quick hit of <laughs> many of the jingles, but also a very interesting uh, take by Adam on slavery and sad but true i would i would estimate my other clip of the day i was going to play these on another show kind of this was for jay um jay dobbins but these are clips you the in commercials you probably can't hear anymore because uh with the war on men um, stuff like this just doesn't fly but I want to play it anyway because I always enjoyed these commercials. They were so outlandish. They jumped, they kept jumping the shark higher and higher. But it it was funny. Uh, here we go. Check check this out. He wouldn't be afraid to show his feminine side if he had one. His mother has a tattoo that reads "Son." At museums, he's allowed to touch the art. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer those Zaki's. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> well, it's, I'm, I'm getting very commercial here. I just did two, two commercials in a row. <laughs> one for no agenda and one for, one for beer. Um, but I always thought that was fun and um, I'm sure there there has to be a they're going to replace the guy with you know I don't know a female leading role, but here's another one <laughs> just to play too. In a past life, he was himself. If opportunity knocks and he's not home, opportunity waits. He gave his father the talk. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer Kosaki's. Stay thirsty, my friends. And I have to admit, I was never allowed to uh, touch the art, so I guess I didn't qualify. <laughs> anyway, my clip of the day is definitely the No Agenda Slave story. So... Uh, normally, Ben would be voting against me today. I'm I'm definitely undefeated today, 1-0. So let's get on with the show. I want to jump into some of these um, media deconstruction art that we uh, wanted to talk about today. No agenda. So what's interesting about the No Agenda show? Well, what they do on the show is they... they they take news items, uh, usually in the form of audio clips or video clips, but sometimes out of uh, you know journalism or they uh, they deconstruct even laws. Adams Adams willing to read a lot of the regulations and rules that come out, and in fact, I think that's how the show started. And uh, he's he's pretty good at analyzing these things and trying to figure out, you know, what's behind um, 
you know, whenever the government calls something like the Patriot Act, you, you know it's unpatriotic. So it's, Adam's pretty good at not just saying things like that, but actually getting to some facts and getting to underlying um, truths that, uh, and explores those things together with John, who's incredibly skeptical and very analytical. And together they, they, they can really take things apart and uh, make sense out of it. And they do it in a funny way. So you'll really enjoy some of these. But I'm, I'm going to play a few of their clips just to kind of give you a sense of what they do. And, um, well, you know, they, they had a lot to say about some of the mayors and governors. And here, you listen listen to Garcetti of L.A. Let's start with these stay-at-home uh, orders. And uh, your top health official said yesterday, expect us to extend the orders for another three months. Order. But, but explain exactly what that means. Sure. I think we have to all recognize that we're not moving beyond COVID-19. We're learning to live with it. Um, it's important not to overreact. But it's important to take this serious because it is as dangerous today as it was the first day that it arrived in our cities and our country. So quite frankly, there's no so-called open state or open country that doesn't continue to have health orders telling us to cover our faces, physically distance, and to tell people that you're safest working from and staying at home. That's all that the county health director was saying, and we can't expect that to disappear in a matter of weeks or even a few months. At the same time, we're learning a lot of really important lessons about how to safely reopen sectors and places, and we have to assess each of those steps, give three or four weeks time to see, is there any additional spread? Are we endangering more people? And how can we keep our most vulnerable safe? So we are learning to live with it at the same moment that we are also learning the lessons of how to do that. Wow. So Adolf Hitler says, you know, stay in your home, slaves. Um, that's really unbelievable. Not backed by any facts, science, data. Really just, um, it's a political power grab. Very sad. I thank God I don't live in Los Angeles. Um, anyway, um, I do have my oldest child living there. Um, and I'm constantly trying to convince her to, <laughs> to leave. Maybe this will help. Um, this is really insane. And if you just look around, there's plenty of data from other large cities and large states that pretty much show it's an, this the whole thing is a non-event. And the hospitals we know, especially in Los Angeles, um, my daughter works in one of them, is um, they're, they're not overrun. They're in fact, they're, most are half empty and because they're not doing elective surgeries. And now people are afraid to get elective surgeries because they've been terrorized. Um, so it's, it's uh, very interesting. Um, layoffs have hit the hospitals really hard. Um, they're, they're losing a lot of money because they can't execute on their, you know, their mainstay business, which is elective surgeries and you know, urgent care, um, and people are afraid to go for, for um, you know, things not related to this um, pandemic. So, but if when when you listen to the show, you'll hear clips like that. Um, um, they, they just played this one. I thought was really interesting about um, masks. masks. 
masks. Masks. So they're going to play masks. Uh, Adam kind of thinks masks are like a muzzle, and I tend to agree. And uh, it's a lot of virtual signaling. And the science is pretty clear that um, masks don't do anything. They don't protect you. And, you know, this whole social distancing mask thing is pretty much a fraud. But listen, listen to uh, Dr. Fauci on masks. This was taken from a clip in... Uh, not that long ago, probably about a month ago, end of March. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Uh, right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, uh, there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. What? What did I just hear from uh, Dr. Angel of Death Fauci? Well, that is very interesting. So he's flip-flopped on that multiple times. Um, I can find clips that where he's saying exactly the opposite. But this, this clip uh, pretty much shows you that um, at least at some point, Fauci knew that, that the whole mask thing is, is, is a joke. And it's a, way to, um, it's a way to identify people that aren't, uh, you know, falling in line. So <laughs> until they get the tracing app in place, um, you're, you're going to have to wear your mask. So good luck with that. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Joe Rogan show today. I've still got a couple more no agenda gems. But um, this one kind of crosses both boundaries. And in fact, Adam was on the Joe Rogan show not that long ago. Step, that's definitely a show worth watching. Because you get to hear Adam being interviewed by somebody else. And uh, I think him and Joe, Joe did a great job with Adam. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a good show, so check it out. But here is, here is Elon Musk on the Joe Rogan show, but this is a clip from No Agenda. In Northern Check California, billionaire Tesla CEO Elon Musk has restarted work at Tesla's huge electric vehicle factory in Fremont, daring government officials to arrest him for violating a coronavirus lockdown. On Tuesday, President Trump tweeted, California should let Tesla and Elon Musk open the plant now. It can be done fast and safely, the president tweeted. Elon Musk tweeted back, thank you. Musk has repeatedly downplayed the threat of the coronavirus and called government-imposed quarantines fascist. Los Angeles County's top public health official said Tuesday stay-at-home orders will be extended for the next three months. At least 1,300 deaths in L.A. have been linked to COVID-19. California State University's president Tuesday announced plans to cancel most in-person classes during the fall semester. Well... Well, how about that? So they're already canceling school next fall for the pandemic. And <laughs> I wasn't a huge Elon fan. Um, 
I mean, I, 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 I kind of think the electric car thing is, uh, is a bit of a joke, but I'll get into that maybe in another show. But, I mean, they're really cool and they're fun to drive. But um, I think they're kind of sold like they're uh, some, you know, energy efficient, uh, save the environment kind of thing. And if, if you look at it in, if you peel that onion a little bit, it's, it's not really that different from a regular automobile, uh, gas driven. But in any case, uh, back to the point, Elon uh, makes some really good points. And he's got to get back to work. Um, these aren't laws. So when people tell you it's a law that you have to wear a mask and it's a law that you have to stay six feet apart and it's a law that you can't go to work and it's a law you have to stay in your house, it's actually not true. And uh, it doesn't take a lot of, you don't have to be political to understand how laws actually work and how laws are uh, you know, created and, you know, you can look in your local uh, online to, to look up all the laws of the state or the city you're in. You won't find these laws on the books because they're not. And so these are, um, <laughs> as Ghostbusters would say, you know, these are more like uh, suggestions. They're, they're policies, not really rules or laws. Um, so in any case, Elon's fed up. And he's using his platform and, he, and his platform uh, on Joe Rogan to, to, to you know, to, uh, to lay out his position. I think he makes some pretty good points. Um, but definitely uh, what you hear on, on these news shows, though, is they, they, that was kind of put in a way like, you know, he's, he's insane. He's, he's lost it. You know, he's gone. He's gone around the bend. They don't really give him a fair shake. You don't hear it in his own words. And th this is where Adam and John will deconstruct things and, 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 and really slap the journalists around for the spin they put on these things, um, which, which I enjoy <laughs> immensely. Um, so let's see, I think I've got one more no agenda clip. I don't see it. Let me see. There's the mask. Stay home extended. Yep. Well, I think that's it. That gives you a good sense. Um, so, noagendashow.com, Adam and John. Um, these links will be in the show notes. I'll put those on there. All right. So, now we already kind of transitioned over to Joe. We're going to listen to a couple things in Joe. Now I'm going to take you way back in history for this Joe Rogan show. This is Joe Rogan. It's called the Joe Rogan Experience. And this is show number 606 in 2015. So, and Joe's been doing this forever. So like the No Agenda show, which has been, which has been going for a decade at least, I think Joe's right around there too. Um, he's been on for quite a while, th thousands of shows already, and um, and very prolific because his shows are so long. Um, Adam, Adam, and John also, interestingly, uh, who've been in the business for a long time, ended up with a with a three hour kind of.
podcast. And I think that's how these things are consumed. You know, people are doing, you know, maybe cooking, doing the dishes, mowing the lawn, um, working out, driving. That That's where a lot of these things get consumed. And so uh, the longer form content seems to be what people want. And if I can go back in the early days of No Agenda, and and sometimes those guys would go four or five hours for a show. And I think Joe would do that too. And there there was no limit. And this is interesting because you can go deep on subjects. You can, uh, you know, you can have interesting guests and get them to talk. Where if you you know if you're doing a you know a thirty second sound bite, they just can't say much. So. You know, one of one of the you know the thesis out there, and you know I tend to subscribe to it. You'll hear uh, Ruben and Peterson talk about this quite a bit. Is this long form content that that the internet has enabled? That's what's killing the mainstream media. That's what's killing uh, you know these soundbite thirty second news shows. Uh, there's there's no meat and potatoes to those things and they're pretty much dying out and they should they're pretty useless and um, it's just become a bunch of propaganda it's not even interesting I can't even I can't watch that stuff anymore um, but the um, so Joe R Rogan I picked this one because it's he had a guest named Randall Car Carlson I'm sure you never heard of him but he's an extraordinary guest and it's it's really interesting. He, his um, his description is Randall Carlson is a master builder, an architectural designer, teacher, geometrician, geomythologist, geological explorer, and renegade scholar. He is a master builder, an architectural design engineer, teacher, and um, yeah, with that, should be interested just to hear him. But he he. It, like Joe's shows often do, they this particular one goes all over the map, but it's a, an extraordinarily interesting map. So one of the things they get into, obviously he's he's into ge geology and uh, he's an explorer and he's done a lot of work in the in, with the Greenland ice uh, tubes that they collected over the last twenty or thirty years. But he talks about these things. And uh, and Joe does a great job of just letting him fly. So I'm going to play a couple of things from from this show and see if it piques your interest. But I highly recommend Joe's show, but this one just for fun, um, educational purposes. I'll, I may recommend an entertainment one, too. There's a couple that are fun. So anyway, here's here's Joe and now, uh, what brought about Randall. the recovery was the return of warmth to the world, what is called the medieval warm period. And this began really to occur in about 900 AD. This, the sea ice began to retract back well inside the Arctic Circle, which opened up the sea lanes between Northern Europe, Iceland, and Greenland. And so it was this period of time that the, that the, that the Vikings were able to sail to Iceland and then sail to Greenland and actually establish uh, colonies on the west coast of Greenland, Greenland, and farm where now the ground is perennially, perennially frozen. Let me try that again. Perennially frozen, right? 
So it was clearly a warm period. And what happened was, if you look back now at the studies from that medieval warm period, you see that agriculture rebounded. So many people had lots of food to eat. Um, actually, studies of skeletons show that the, the stature of humans during this period of time increased by four or five inches on average from what it had been during the Dark Ages. And um, now Europe started becoming wealthy again because the, the basis of all wealth basically was, was agriculture, was food, right? So that was, that was Randall kind of explaining what happened in the, the various phases of climate um, changes over world history, you know, and how certain periods of time allowed for certain things to happen. And he's talking here when um, when one of, when the glaciers receded at one point, things w started to warm up, and it started to create a much more wealthy uh, world at the time. And what he's going to talk about next is sort of in that transition, we began to do things, and he's going to talk about the the churches being built in Europe and. I've never heard this take on it. You know, obviously you can look at them and see what amazing works of engineering and skill that they are, but but I really enjoyed the way this guy described it. So check it out. This clip's a little well, longer. Basically was was agriculture, was food, right? Without that, not you don't have anything else. Population began to expand enormously. You see other things going on. Um Lifespans increase, uh, infant mortality decreases. All of this stuff has been well documented in a whole variety of studies. Well, after about a century and a half of this warmth with the, with the uh, concomitant wealth that came along, European society was wealthy enough to undertake this extraordinary cathedral building phase, wow. you see, where you had literally hundreds of thousands of highly trained, highly skilled craftspeople working on these things. You had Essentially, when you begin to look at the cathedral building phenomenon, it required the, basically the mobilization of, of the whole of European society behind this enterprise because you had to quarry huge amounts of stone, you had to transport these stones, you had to carve the stones. You look at the statuary, the stained glass, which is exceptional in, in, its, in its refractive properties that really have still not been mimicked to this day, the way the stained glass was able to refract light so that it gives the appearance of, of not the light coming, shining through the glass, but emanating from within the glass. And, and you could go on and on with this, the, 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 the carpentry skill, the engineering skill, the astronomy that went into these structures, all of this combined basically shows up basically in a historical instant. And, and What's interesting is the, the scarcity of, of evidence showing <clears throat> what preceded this. How did these, who organized this? Who raised the money? Who trained the craftsmen? You know, this is, there are, there are references that, to this in history, but really, you know, there's no explicit detailed discussion where we can go and trace and say, okay, this is, this is how it happened, you know. But, it's important to realize that this was a consequence of the uh, of, of the, uh, the expansion of, of of wealth in European society. That wow, so that was fun, and th that is just a an example of some of the things you can run into on Joe's show, and he'll have some 
some guests that are uh, incredibly intelligent and serious. And then he'll have a lot of comedians. He loves to have UFC fighters. And also what's interesting in the interviews that he does with, with you know UFC fighters and comedians and entertainers, he is such a great interviewer that uh, it's it, it's really impressive what he can extract out of people, and you really learn a lot about people on his show. Uh, and and um, you also find out that that the uh, the entertainers that he have many of these people are incredibly interesting and smart and have have had um, uh, great life experiences. And Joe brings that out. Joe really is able to uh, to make him feel good. He's got this uh, whole studio set up that's like a, uh, I think it's a gym slash studio slash uh, holding water tank place where they can all go and get stoned before the show. And so everybody comes in pretty smooth and relaxed and um, he's he's really got it down uh, to to, uh, to a science. So definitely recommend you checking out Joe Rogan show. You can start at the back or the front. Really doesn't matter. There's no um, there's no continuity between the shows. Like you don't have to listen to show five to get show twenty, or you can start at show two thousand. I really started. Um, listening to Joe when he had Jordan Peterson on. I'd been following Jordan for a while. And in fact, what he did was, and he doesn't do this very often, but he'll have multiple guests. So he had Jordan on with um, Brett Weinstein, Weinstein. And that show was really interesting. And I started watching more of Joe after that. I, I was familiar with Jordan and I'd seen a lot of his content. But I really hadn't, you know, I'd seen, you know, I know who Joe was and I'd watched a few of his shows. But I really started watching regularly after that. So, and you can, that's another good thing to do is you can look through history and see the, the times that Jordan did the show with Joe and there's there's been a couple of different formats they've done and um, yeah I found real compelling stuff all right so since we're talking about Jordan and we brought up Dave Rubin and I mentioned Dave so Dave and Jordan did a, a tour together Jordan wrote a book called 12 rules for life the antidote to chaos <clears throat> It's a fantastic book, highly recommend it. And Jordan became kind of a, yeah, a celebrity out of this. I mean, he, he's a professor from a university in Canada and was never really, you know, of significant note. He, the one thing that he did, I, I think that was really interesting and he did it a long time ago was he began putting all of his lectures on YouTube. So you can go back and watch Jordan when he was pretty young, you know, relatively speaking, 
And Jordan was, um, you know, putting his classes and his class work and, and many, if not all of his lectures were going up on YouTube. And this became very fortunate for him because as he, one of the reasons he ended up in the spotlight in Canada was Canadian um, federal government had instituted a law um, and the law required you, uh, you the Canadian citizen, to, to um, they introduced it. Um, I'm not sure if it's, if it actually uh, became law or not. But Jordan fought against this law and, and, and the, let me try to summarize the way I understood it. The law required you to use um, the proper gender pronouns. These are these hundreds of new pronouns that people want to be defined by with some people. And basically would make it a law that you have to use these new gender pronouns. And, and Jordan took this as a freedom of speech issue. And to be more specific, he took it as a compelled speech. So at least in the United States, most of the, it's, it's very hard um, to, you know, for, for someone to, to get in trouble for saying something. Uh, pretty much the reason you have free speech law and uh, in, 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 in it's laid out in the Constitution and the First Amendment is to protect, it's basically to protect hate speech. I mean, you don't need to protect, if, if you're all being nice, you, you don't need, you know, if, if you want to hear it, well, that's, that's not the speech that needs to be protected. It's the speech you don't want to hear that needs to be protected. And, and Jordan was pretty clear about this. But the one thing, and, and, and so, you know, the, people try to use different examples of words you can't say. And, and there's some that in society we don't like. Um, I still think it's still protected speech in my view, even though it's not very nice. But the real point was that's different. So protecting someone's right to speak is different than saying what you have to say. <laughs> and this is compelled speech. And Jordan was adamantly against compelled speech. And he was able to articulate this extraordinarily well. And he ended up in front of, you know, the, the, the Canadian government and making his case. And he made a very strong case against these kind of compelled speech laws and which which Jordan correctly uh, boiled down to you know social engineering so he was not very popular almost lost his job and he was called a racist and a homophobe and a Nazi and all the things that you would expect um, but because he had so much content that he had uploaded to YouTube, it was really hard to make those cases against him, um, the, these nonsensical cases, given he had so much evidence. I mean, tens, probably thousands, if not tens of thousands of hours of video explaining his position on many of these things. So, uh, and uh, he definitely was not Hitler. So, 
it's it's worth it to look into this guy. Uh, Jordan Peterson's an amazing man, uh, and he he's very tightly linked to Dave now. They're I think they're good friends as well. So here's a little bit of Jordan and Dave. Um, this goes back to 2017. They're on. Um, this is Jordan being interviewed by Dave on his show. Right, what I think this is just after they'd maybe done a first the first few of these uh, book tours, and they were they were just getting going. So check it out; it's pretty interesting. This clips a little bit. Well, longer. that's why the arrogance comes in. It's like, well, I can lie and get away with it. It's like, I see. Here's your theory. There's all this reality around you that you don't comprehend at all. And there's not that much of you. There's a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to do something that isn't in harmony with that. And it's going to work. So that's your theory. It's like, oh, that, try I mean, that's, out, man. That's some serious narcissism. Yeah, yeah. And, yet, well, and yeah. yet we all do that to some degree. Yeah, yeah. Or at least at some point in our lives. right? Yeah, like yeah. We well, all think we can manage everything. Well, it's part of it. You, you, you can get away with it for a short for, period of time. Right, that so you think, well, I've got away with it so far. It's like, yeah, it's like that funny line in The Simpsons. Bart comes up to Homer and says, Dad, this is the worst day of my life. And Homer says, The worst day of your life so far, Bart. The worst day of your life so far. Yeah. I just, it's that show, man. Now and then they nailed it. That, that mean, was one of them. Those 10 years, I mean, between oh, yeah. like season four and, and 12, eight, maybe, yeah. whatever that is. Oh, just, just perfection. Yeah, perfection. Uh, rule number nine, assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. I, yes. I, I have a little of that at the moment. Yes. Well, that's what a good conversation is about. It's like, because what you want to do is you want to enter into a conversation so that you come out wiser than you went in. And so... It, the best example of this is when you're having an argument with your intimate partner, let's say. It's like, because you're going to want to win. And then, especially if you get angry, because anger wants to win. It's okay. So then you got to think, okay, well, wait a second. We better, show, better sort out what winning means here. So let's say that you're more verbally fluent than your partner and more treacherous. So you can win. That doesn't mean you're right, first of all. That's a big problem. Mm -hmm. Winning when you're wrong is a really bad idea yeah. right? because then you think you're right and you're not. And then, well, maybe the person can see things you can't but can't verbalize them quite as well. It's like, well, you might want to listen just because there's, there's the possibility that they're trying to tell you how not to run headlong into a brick wall. There's some possibility of that. And so maybe you even have to help them form it. It's like, okay, I don't get exactly what you're saying. I don't get exactly why you're annoyed. I'm not sure exactly what you want me to do to change it. Let's get this clear. And then I'm going to think about it. It's like, maybe you're right. I'm going to see if possibly you're right. I'm not going to roll over because I would rather you weren't right. I'm not going to change mm -hmm. unless I'm convinced. But I am going to listen because I would rather not run headlong into a brick wall if I don't have to. And so that's the idea with the conversation. It's like, and this is, I think, why you're also supposed to listen to your enemies. It's because your enemies will tell you, like they'll tell you all sorts of lies about you. And that's not so good. Maybe you'll even get confused about that. But now and then your enemies will tell you something your friends won't. And you think, well, they told, said 90 things about me that weren't true and like two things that were. And so you separate the wheat from the chaff and you think, okay, you know, okay, maybe I was a little, I've tried to learn that a lot in the last year. You know, maybe I was a little too harsh in that 
and I've had people talking to me about my public appearances. They're watching and trying to help me not make mistakes, you know. Mm -hmm. And then they call me, my friends. They say, well, you know, you're a little arrogant there. <laughs> you, you're a little harsh there. You're better when you're not so angry. You know, you're better when you're making some jokes. And I'm listening because, well, I'd rather not have the mistake because the mistakes could be fatal. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let me know. I don't want to hear it. Well, that was very compelling. I love Jordan and Dave. And Dave was just letting him go. And that's a great interviewer. So, and what, what's funny about Jordan, and he'll say this himself, he, he does sound a little bit like Kermit the Frog. So you do have to get past that sometimes. Uh, never really bothered me, and, and he brought it up. And uh, they were comparing his voice to Kermit's at some point, and it, and it was pretty close. He's great. Um, he's great at peeling the onion, taking apart the atom, getting down to every you know little particle of of knowledge, and it's really fun to um, to listen to him. Uh, he has two books. The first one's incredibly complex. Um, I've tr I've gotten through it on Audible, but it's kind of one of those books you, you you go by a few pages and you don't know what you just heard. You sort of have to go back and re-listen or re-read quite a bit. Um, it's just so dense. Uh, but the um, Twelve Rules for Life is much more to me digestible, and so um, yeah. Very, uh, very good stuff. So that was that was Jordan and Dave, uh, and you can, and I'm going to have both of their websites and links to their shows, um, so you so you can uh, learn more about those two guys. Um, as part of the um, as part of the end of the show, I'm just going to give one honorable mention, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play a longer clip. So honorable mention on podcasts that I've, or, or news shows, things that I've been listening to. I just came across this not too long ago. Um, a woman's name is uh, Polly St. George. I think she's Canadian, but she sounds American. But she has a channel called Amazing Polly. I have a sister named Polly. Uh, but, and that's not her. I think it's very interesting. Um, she's analyzing and breaking down politics, much the way Adam and John do the media. Um, they're not necessarily political. Um, it has been lately, just given all the things going on. But Polly is definitely um, on the political side of things. And but she does a great job of explaining. She she does she, either she or someone she's working with is doing a heck of a lot of work to um, to, to connect all these dots. So I'm going to play a clip from her and also put some of these, uh, put some of her work in the show notes as well. So check out The Amazing Polly and listen to her explain about the global orgs that are controlling all this uh, healthcare, global healthcare nonsense. Check it out. Check it outers. Because people, when you look out and you say, 
why is this such a mess? We've, we've given so much money to these experts. Why is nothing solved? Why is everything just getting worse? It's, it's honestly, and I know this sounds conspiratorial, it's because the leaders of these organizations are totally criminal. They're just criminal. I believe there's tons of good people working for these organizations that want to do good. And they probably always wonder why it's not working. But the heads, the heads, the people who have the real data and make the decisions, they are running a scam. And it is to suck taxpayer money and give themselves a great lifestyle and facilitate a black economy, an underground economy. That's what this is about. All right, wrapping up. We looked at the coronavirus task force's main players, which is Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, and Mike Pence. And we find out that all three of them are involved with PEPFAR. And PEPFAR, we come to learn, is in a circle of fraud. The State Department oversees the budget that goes to PEPFAR. And then PEPFAR sends tons of money to the Global Fund, which is overseen by this UN Development Programs Organization, which is opaque and does not allow itself to be audited properly. Yet, every time someone's done a partial audit, they find massive, massive graft and fraud going on with this. This all ties to the World Health Organization, the United Nations, and the Sustainable Development Goals. And right now, the World Health Organization is overseen by a ex, an ex-Marxist terrorist from Ethiopia. A total maniac, actually. All of this stuff is advertised and given a veneer of legitimacy by people like Bono. And Bono got in on the action by making two of his own foundations. One is called One, and the other is called Red. Barack Obama lends his quote-unquote good name to this as well, and is a spokesperson for this. Because they're all in on the action. Can't you see it? They're all in on the billions of dollars. And it doesn't pay them to solve any of the problems at all. Now, it's very sad, but Ivanka Trump was one of the people who argued with her father to keep Deborah Burks on. We even have John Kerry sneaking in here. He told that weird story about Deborah Burks screaming, don't give me the blood, because somehow Deborah Burks knew that the blood would be tainted if she got a transfusion, and turns out it was. I don't know what that is all about, but it's weird. Also note that Clinton and Bush both fought in the public sphere against Donald Trump when he wanted to cut funding to this thing, PEPFAR. They both came out of their little mole holes and they went on speaking to her about how Trump should keep this program fully funded. And then over on this side, we have the guy who thinks he runs the world. He really thinks he's the smartest guy in on the planet. And all he is doing is is playing with Frankenstein science. He has no ethics or he wouldn't be injecting people with things and he wouldn't be tracking them and he wouldn't be using the homeless as a as a test population. His ID 2020, it looks like it's supported by five independent organizations, but if you look at those organizations, they're all his. And what is this all, all of
of it has to do with? What does it all have to do with? Viruses. All of it. It's basically the global warming for the medical industrial complex. That's what this is. Trump said, we're fighting an invisible enemy. Well, how do you, how do you win against an invisible enemy that these untrustable quote unquote experts, how do you, how do you fight when they are in charge of all the data, the invisible data on the invisible enemy? And they totally control the message. They, they control the message by flooding the zone. Remember this from Event 201? A, a couple of strategies that are about, which is one of which is the flood strategies. And flooding good information. Flood the zone. Flood. A manifestation of flood. Flood good information. Flood the zone. Right. The pandemic planning exercise that they ran in October 2019 Yes. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah, Polly's definitely worth listening to. Um, one of her one of her shows that she did on the um, pandemic and on the uh, specifically around Fauci and his role um, got around four hundred thousand views. So she does a really good job. She she's on YouTube, so she has video program as well as audio podcast. So highly recommend Polly, and I will add that to the show notes as well. So I'm gonna wrap up the show. Um, it's late Saturday night. I gotta get to bed. <laughs> Tired. Um, I wanna just. Uh, send my thanks out to all the um, producers and listeners who donated and support the show. So thank you very much. We, uh, ben and I really appreciate it. And we, we love to hear your feedback. And definitely on this show, I'd, I'd love to hear um, once you've had a chance to listen to some of these folks. If you, you know, for some of you, they may be new. And for some of you, you, you may already be a fan and listening to uh, some of these programs. Outstanding content, I think, in all cases and some different kinds of content. So uh, please enjoy. And uh, we'll see you uh, on the next episode of Unwired. Thank you very much. That's the show. Appreciate it, guys. Dancing, laughing all night long 
Can it be that money can set you, money 